Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We are back here with at the Sanctuary of the Saved with Ryan. What's up, guys? JJ. What's up? And Wit. How we doing? And I'm Fixie, and we have a new guest speaker today. Uh, it is my girlfriend, Riley. Hey, guys. My name is Riley McNabb, and quite literally a good morning because we're talking about rest today, and I came ready. I'm wearing my fancy PJs, and it is going to be great, so thank you for letting me hang out with you all. Our pleasure, and thank you for that lovely description. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Riley, uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. What is your testimony, and why are you here with us today? Yeah, absolutely. I have had the lovely blessing of being able to grow up in the church, and um, it's just been amazing having my parents just, you know, love the Lord and truly model that care. And also my grandparents as well. Like my Grammy has always just been just very key on rest. She always just tells me the chant, R-E-S-C, R-E-S-C, rest, rest, rest. And so that's something that although I was not very good at, especially in high school, learning to rest, that they've really been kind of telling me from a young age. And so I'd say my testimony kind of really starts. It was about in seventh or eighth grade. Um, Of course, God was working in my life before, but one of my key moments was I was on a mission trip, and it was a family mission trip in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is really sweet because I'm from Ohio, and now I go to school in South Carolina, but um, Charlotte, North Carolina is a really special city to me, and so here, my pastor, he asked me to give my testimony, and at the time, I had lived just a kind of a pretty normal life. There was nothing like super transformational. I didn't have one of those come to Jesus stories where my life was like totally shaken and everything changed. And so that day, I was kind of confused. I was like, I don't really know what to talk about. But I went ahead and gave my testimony. And that night, I prayed, God, would you just please continue to grow my testimony and just give me one that I can share? And so through those years, he's definitely delivered on that promise, which has been amazing. And I've just seen God's faithfulness throughout. And so, especially in high school, I had a lot of kind of just looking for academic and um, sports kind of validation. I um, definitely wanted to excel in the classroom and on the court. And so that was definitely something that I wasn't until later in college that I started to learn how to overcome more so. But um, in high school, I met a lot of others who loved the Lord, and it was really cool to see them just grow in their faith. And I um, could say that I really, truly desired God. Um, Some may say, like, oh, I didn't truly know the Lord because of their actions, but I also know that we're not um, just defined by our actions with um, what we do. And so I know that I just truly like wanted to continue to grow in my faith. And so um, it was a really big blessing then to, in college, um, continue to grow in the Lord. In high school, I got a Bible that I really loved and I still use to this day and love to mark up. And in high school, again, was able to go through like confirmation and camps and just do some service that was really transformational. And so then when I came into college, I knew that I wanted to continue to pursue the Lord. And so it was really sweet how God worked. My tour guide when I was touring campus, and even when I was just coming um, before I was um, even admitted, I was just a prospective student, people were, you know, taking me to Bible studies and taking me to their church and just being very welcoming. And so throughout college, I've learned how to live on mission and um, just kind of work on that academic validation and just kind of find my strength in the Lord and not the product of my work. And so I found a lot of beauty in South Carolina. I go to USC, the University of South Carolina, and it's been really cool. And so at one point, though, in college, I did get sick, and I really was forced to find some intentional rest. But again, through it, have seen God's faithfulness. And so I'm getting really excited. My next big step is I'm going on a mission trip to Medepec, Mexico, which should be wonderful, but just continuing to see God in the little moments throughout the semester. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so yeah, as believers, we often struggle to maintain a healthy equilibrium between everyday responsibilities and the need for rest and spiritual nourishment. Um, so today we're going to dive into the pressures of the modern world. Um, modern world often pushes us to a constant hustle. Uh, it makes it really difficult to prioritize rest and spiritual well-being. Um, so we're going to here today. We're going to uh, we're going to encourage the importance of diligent work. Also recognizing the biblical principles of rest as exemplified in the Sabbath. 
Um, so today, you can expect insights in how our faith can guide important things like managing time, setting priorities, and finding moments of stillness amidst the chaos. So we want to approach this with biblical principles and real-life examples. We want to help our fellow Christian brothers and sisters navigate the tension between the world's hurry and the biblical call to rest. Um, So at first, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into it, all right? Heavenly Father, we come before you with gratitude for this moment of connection. As we embark on this podcast episode exploring the theme of finding balance in a fast-paced world, we seek your wisdom and guidance. Grant us discernment to understand the biblical principles of rest and diligence, and may your word inspire and resonate with the hearts of our listeners. In the midst of the challenges and cultural pressures, empower us to challenge stigmas and embrace intentional breaks for reflection, spiritual growth, and connection, Lord. Bless our discussion with practical insights and tips for effective time management, and may these tools be a source of empowerment for those seeking balances in their lives. We acknowledge the importance of community and support, and we pray for the strength to lean on one another and find collective wisdom. As we navigate this conversation, may your presence be felt, and may the words shared bring encouragement, inspiration, and a sense of peace to all who tune in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So our contemporary culture often glorifies busyness. Uh, it portrays a symbol of pr- productivity, success, and worth. The constant pursuit of achievement and the fear of missing out on the, quote, the good life, end quote, can, it contributes to a societal mindset that values a hectic lifestyle. Um, social media, where people often showcase their busy schedules and accomplishments, it fuels this perception even further. So there's three different consequences of uh, fueling and pursuing cultural desires. Physical and mental health is one of them. Relentless pursuit of a busy lifestyle can lead to physical and mental health issues. Chronic stress, burnout, and anxiety are common consequences of a perpetually busy schedule. Number two, strained relationships. Busy individuals will find it challenging to invest time in meaningful relationships. Family, friends, and community connections can suffer, leading to feelings of isolation and loneliness. This can cause a feeling like even feeling separated from the Lord. And then number three, our final consequence is spiritual neglect. Spiritual, the spiritual impact is vastly significant. The busyness of culture can easily overshadow the, overshadow the need for spiritual rest and nourishment. This results in a lack of connection with the Lord as well. So I have some statistics According to the American Institute of Stress, approximately 77% of people regularly experience physical symptoms caused by stress. The Anxiety Depression Association of America reports that anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults aged 18 and older, or 18.1% of the population. With work-related stress, the World Health Organization recognizes stress as a global epidemic with work-related stress contributing to contributing to increased rates of burnout. And a survey by American Psychological Association found that 64% of adults in the U.S. reported that work is a significant source of stress. On top of that, too, in class we were talking about how sleep is an epidemic, too, and just people are only one in eight, I think, are getting actually eight hours of sleep, which is recommended by the American Society for Pediatric Research, I believe. And so I just remember hearing that and thinking about how, you know, so many of us are sleep deprived. And as a public health major, we don't really think about that as a public health crisis or even just really in the daily. And so that's also talking about, you know, stress crisis, also sleep crisis. It's really hard for people to find rest today amidst the schedules that can be so chaotic. So definitely a good statistic. I'm all for those. Yeah. And also goes into the impact of productivity that it has. The European Agency of Safety and Health at Work estimates that work-related stress costs the European Union around 272 billion euros, which is approximately 319 billion U.S. dollars each year in lost pro- in lost productivity 
and healthcare expenses just for stress. And more effects on mental health. Chronic stress has been linked to various physical health issues, including cardiovascular disease, digestive problems, and compromised immune functions. Um, and a big one today is technology and constant connectivity. A survey by the American Psychological Association Association found that constant checking of emails and social media accounts is a significant source of stress for many Americans. In sleep deprivation, the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention reports that about one-third of U.S. adults report insufficient sleep, less than seven hours per night, which can be attributed to various factors, including stress and busy lifestyles. And then impact on younger generation, studies such as the one published in the journal Psychological medicine suggests that younger generations, particularly millennials and Generation Z, may be experiencing higher rates of mental health issues, possibly due to a combination of societal pressures and technological advancements. And then, so we want to rest as let's let's talk about rest as a biblical principle. So I have some scripture in Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says, "Come to me." All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus invites us to rest in him. This verse emphasizes the importance of seeking spiritual rest in Christ, acknowledging that our souls can find peace in him in life's busyness. And then, so let's talk about the Sabbath. Some scripture here is Exodus 28. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The concept of the Sabbath rests rest. The concept of Sabbath rest is deeply rooted in the Bible. God himself rested on the seventh day after creating the world. So observing a day of rest is a divine commandment, emphasizes the need for dedicated time to rest and worship. Diligence and work. Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. This verse encourages diligence in work, but with a different perspective. It reminds us that our work is ultimately for the Lord, not just for human approval. Approaching our tasks with dedication and excellence is an act of worship. So let's talk about balancing work and rest. Exodus thirty four twenty one: Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plowing season and harvest, you must rest. This verse reinforces the importance of regular rest, even during busy and productive seasons. God's design includes a rhythm of work and rest, and it's essential to honor this pattern. So in order to rest, we're thinking, but what about the hectic lifestyle? It just doesn't really al allow us to do these things. The, the world just, there's just not enough time in the world. Let's talk about trusting God with these concerns. Psalm 127.2. In vain you rise early and stay up late, tolling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. This verse highlights the futility of excessive toil. It encourages trusting God's provision and the understanding that rest is a gift from him. Wisdom and time management. Psalm 90.12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Acknowledging the short time we have on earth, this verse encourages us to be wise stewards of our time. By understanding the value of our days, we can make intentional choices about how we spend our time, including finding moments of rest. So let's talk about the biblical principles on work and rest. Sabbath rest. God instituted the Sabbath as a day of rest in creating in the creation. In Genesis 2, 2 through 3, Jesus affirms the importance of Sabbath, declaring this, that the Sabbath was made for man, but not man made for Sabbath. He also, in Mark 2, 27 as well. Christians are encouraged to observe a regular Sabbath, setting aside time for rest, worship, and reflection. This intentional pause acknowledges God's design for rhythm in life and allows individuals to recharge spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That's another thing that I think about often is how rest is also a physical, it's a mental, it's emotional, it's a social thing, and even a spiritual thing. It's a practice that is definitely not easy, but when you're able to rest and spend time in the Word, it not only impacts one realm of your life, but other areas too. In addition to that, um, God calls us to, um, he gave the Israelites different cycles of rest throughout the calendar year. One example was the Passover. So he, um, they would work until the sixth day, and then the seventh day they would have rest. An example would be um, Leviticus 23, verse 23 to 25. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe a day of complete rest, a holy convocation commemorated with trumpet blasts. You shall not work at your application occupations, and you shall present the Lord's offerings by fire. That's great. Yeah. And diligence in work is also super important. The Bible emphasizes the value of hard work and diligence in Colossians 3.23 and Proverbs 14.23. However, the diligence is framed within the context of serving God and others, not just for your own personal gain. Christians are called to approach their work with excellence and dedication, recognizing that their label is ultimately an offering of God. This perspective fosters a sense of purpose and fulfillment in one's vocation. So when we were talking about trusting God with our worries. The Bible encourages us as believers to cast our anxieties on God and trust in his provision. Philippians 4, 6-7 and Matthew 6, 25-34. So rather than succumbing to the pressures of a hectic lifestyle, we're called as Christians to trust God with our concerns. This trust allows for a sense of peace and freedom from constant pursuit of worldly success. Because when you trust in the Lord, you are not worried about what the world has to offer. You are worried about what he has to offer. Community and support are also super important. The Bible underscores the importance of community and mutual support in Galatians 6, chapter 6, verse 2, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. And Christians are in, I, 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 would, I would read off all of these verses, but we'd, we'd be here all day. Um, and, so Christians are encouraged to share our burdens with one another and to provide support within community. And this collective approach helps individuals navigate challenges and find balance by sharing responsibilities and resources. Um, prioritizing relationships is super important in our walks. The Bible emphasizes the significance of relationships, urging believers to live, love their neighbors. Matthew twenty two thirty nine, and we're called to prioritize relationships over constant busyness because these are brothers and sisters that you may be spending eternity with, and yet the work that you do on this earth is is an act of worship, but it's also temporary. What you gain out of that work is temporary. So this means investing time in family, friends, and community and fostering a sense of connection that contributes to emotional and spiritual well-being is imperative. So let's seek God's guidance. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 encourages believers to trust in the Lord and lean not on their understanding acknowledging God in all their ways. So we're invited to seek God's guidance in our decision-making and time management. Trusting God's wisdom helps us discern the priorities that align with his will. And this leads to a more balanced and purposeful life. Absolutely. Yes, definitely agree. And I know finding that balance and purpose in life can be very hard. And one thing I kind of try to remind myself, too, of is thinking about even just planting. And so I'm not a farmer. I don't know much about farming, but I do know that there's specific harvest seasons. And so in the winter, you have to let the ground rest. And so there are seasons to grow. And we may sprout at different times, but if you don't honor the off season, it's difficult to bear fruit. And so that's what I just try to have try to remember in times when I'm just go, go, go. And I also have to remember that there are times where I just kind of need to let the ground rest. And that's one of my favorite songs by Chris Renzema, which shout out. And so that's just something that I meditate on a lot as well. 
what are some of your guys's personal experiences with work and rest? Um, what, what do you, do you like, do you have any personal experiences or, or a testimony, I guess, um, where you found it very difficult to rest because amidst, cause we live in a world that hurries us quite, it's, it's pretty prominent. And so I guess, yeah. Do you, do you have anything? Yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I would say, uh, especially like last year, um, I probably took on too much personal responsibility. Um, uh, you know, yeah, no, you get closer to the mic. <laughs> my bad. No, um, you're good. no, I'd say last year I took on too much, uh, personal responsibility, uh, whether it be with, uh, the church school, um, other social commitments. And, um, I think the main thing I try to do was set boundaries, um, uh, there is such thing as too much of a good thing. Uh, you don't have to be at every single church event. You don't have to um, hang out with your friends every time they decide they want to go out and do something. So um, I would say like recognizing when I need rest um, versus um, always just um, doing something just because I feel obligated. Um, and then, um, yeah, so I'd say learning to say no um, is something I really had to learn how to do last year and something I've kind of uh, tried to um, also take into this year is um, just recognizing when, when um, you know, I really need rest and I can't really, um, uh, I can't really take on anything else um, at the moment. So, yeah. Ryan, do you, like, do you have any, uh, what, 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 what are your experiences with, the hectic lifestyle that the world gives us today, but how, how have you been able to, I guess, calm down and have a sense of like a peace of mind in that chaos? Yeah. Um, so here at High Point University, we have like an internship program. So when you, by the time you graduate, you have to be involved in some sort of internship. Um, I mean, they want to prepare you for the workforce or whatever, but like in those certain, like, in those certain situations, it seems like they're pushing us too much too soon. And, like, when you're being stressed with, oh, what internship am I going to get? Or, like, what am I going to do with my career? Like, it's stressful. Like, you think about it often. And, like, I have a part-time job here at High Point um, as a hostess – or a host, sorry, at um, one of the fine dining restaurants. It's It's great. Um, it's just, it takes up a lot of my time, which, it, which I signed up for. That's on me. But I have to find time where I'm comfortable in my own setting and willing to put my mind to the Bible and to God. Yeah. JJ, what about you? I say um, I go just back to high school. Um, it was very, like, hard because you had your homework, your schoolwork, but then you also had sport practices and it was always tough afterward you don't want to i was never a person that likes to be alone never 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 likes doing that at all so i loved to just be with family be with friends and have fun with everyone yeah no there was a time in i think it was my senior year of high school um i we had football six days a week we would um we had practice Monday through Thursday, and then Friday was game day, right? And then Saturday was spent looking at film from the game on Friday. And after, and so this was a brief time over, I think, four months. During the weekends, as soon as I was done with film on Saturdays, I'd go work a 12 to 9 shift at Five Guys. And then go. I'd go work that 12 to 9 shift on Saturdays and then get up and work an eight to four on Sundays. So I had no time to rest and it was awful. I experienced burnout and just stress, anxiety. I just, I, you know, it was a pretty rough time. And eventually I had to quit my job because I just had no time to myself and it just, it wasn't good for me. Um, and that's when I started taking uh, quiet time a little bit more seriously. And that's, yeah. Um, so let's talk about some practical strategies for diligent work and rest. Riley, you said you had some some pretty good strategies. 
Absolutely, yes. Rest has been my prayer throughout this past year. It's been the thing that I guess I've just had a lot of my friends pray for and I've just tried to really focus on. And I don't know, rest has helped me find joy in chaos and a sense of peace that doesn't really make sense in some moments. And it's been really cool seeing how God has grown in my heart this past year. And I want to go into medicine and I love science, but I've learned that you don't have to be a clinician to know that you need sleep because our bodies were designed to rest. And so I have just been really meditating on some wonderful verses that have helped me just prioritize that in my life and just spiritually equip me by having those kind of in the back of their mind because my mom always reminded me that what you're filling your mind with is what you're going to then be thinking throughout the day. And so in those moments, I try to memorize scripture and just lean back on the verses such as Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God, or Psalm 48, and it says, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And Psalm 73, 26, it talks about my flesh and my heart may feel fail, but God is the strength of my heart and portion forever. And so I just am trying to lean on the fact that he is my portion and that he will give me strength and so that it is okay to rest. And I mean, Jesus himself was resting even when the disciples were on the boat and a storm was just brewing and everybody didn't think that it really made sense to be sleeping in those moments. But if Jesus, who is absolutely perfect, needed and desired rest, then I trust that that's a good thing too. And so it's really hard. So some practical strategies, it's everyone talks about honoring the Sabbath nowadays and um, or I guess maybe doesn't don't really talk about it often, but that's something that I've really tried to prioritize this past year or so. And I mean, even God rested on the seventh day in Genesis two, two through three, as Luke was talking about earlier. And so I've just found that it's kind of a backwards thing. So oftentimes I feel like many of us are go, 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 and we think that, oh, we have to do 5,000 things and things aren't going to get done if we don't spend six hours like just running ourselves thin and doing every little thing. But rather, I've found that the reverse is true and that if I find time to just do things that really matter to me, like, you know, just spending time with friends or spending time in the Word that that then rejuvenates me and just helps me recharge to then face the tasks that maybe are a little bit more grueling or it's harder to do. And so I've also thought about too, like you make time for things that matter to you most. And so for example, with school, if you have class from 8.30 to 10.30, you're going to show up there because you know that that's something that's important to do. And so in the same way, I just want to try to prioritize spending time with the Lord because that is something that matters to me. And if I had an appointment or if I had something, if there was a celebrity that was my favorite, which I don't really keep up with celebrities, but if a celebrity was coming to town, I would make sure to, you know, clear my schedule for them and spend time with them. And so in the same way, I mean, God is who we should orient our life lives around. And so if we're not spending intentional time with him every day, or at least to the best of our abilities, then we're not going to necessarily reap the fruit of what his time and the time spent with him will bear. And so some practical strategies, too, that I've really tried to implement are I've tried to work on journaling and just sitting there and be intentional with my time. I've also tried to really sit away from my phone in moments. And don't get me wrong, our phone can be an amazing way to glorify the Lord. It's not a inherently bad thing, but moderation is definitely key and looking at you know, things that are life-giving. And so I try to sometimes just take a step back. Um, but when I am using my phone, I can do great things like listen to podcasts or listen to Christian music. That's honestly, worship music has been seriously one of the best things for my um, spiritual health, I guess, throughout the years. Um, I love songs like Firm Foundation um, or parentheses, He Won't. Um, Steady came on when I was preparing for this podcast. And it just opens up talking about, oh, I'm tired, and I won't sing the lyrics because I'm not the best at singing, but that's a great song, um, Satisfied in You, and I was talking about earlier, Let the Ground Rest and Control. All those are some of my favorite songs that really just remind me of the hope that I have in scripture. Also, too, I've really tried to start reading at the beginning and the end of the day. So I try to start my morning with my quiet time. Sometimes when it's hard to get out of bed, I'll pop on um, my daily podcast. I'm doing a Bible in a year plan. And so I'll pop on the little like five minute podcasts. 
And then I will slowly get out of bed, try to do my quiet time every morning, and then in the evening, a really good way to just kind of put down the blue light and separate your time and just kind of know like mentally your brain's kind of saying it's time to go to bed. I um, will then like read a book right now. I'm reading The Gospel Comes with a House Key, but also too The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. That was another one that I read and seriously 10 out of 10 recommend. It is such a good book and it really helps you work on those spiritual practices and just discipline of resting And so that's another thing. And then also, too, uh, just checking in on my brothers and sisters, you know, that they need accountability. And I know everybody's always like, accountability, that's kind of a word that gets thrown out there a lot. But truly just, you know, walking alongside each other because we're not on this walk alone. And sometimes we need reminders in those blind spots. And so also, too, just trying to take a day. You can start small, though. Just take a few hours or maybe from sunup to sundown. Just take time to Sabbath intentionally and just Sabbathing doesn't mean you sit there and you rest all day and only sleep and are just lazy and mope around. But no, it's about doing things that you enjoy. Go to dinner with your friends, you know, watch a movie that you really enjoy, spend time outside, go for a walk, do things that maybe on the day to day you wouldn't otherwise get to do. And again, I love my music. I have my Jesus Jams playlist that I've had running for like years and years now and just full of all of my favorite songs to listen to. And those definitely help me just reorient my mind on those things. And so all of these in essence just help you feel more rejuvenated to face the day. And so that is just a beautiful blessing that I can rest in. And I know it's really hard too to sometimes find that perfect balance between laziness and kind of, you know, relaxation and being recharged and re-energized. But I really tried to this past year cut the word busy out of my vocabulary. And I just am trying to think about how I have a full life and that it's also okay not to be doing things all the time. And so you can't be pouring out if you're not filling up. And so even in Leviticus 25, 1 through 7, The Lord tells Moses to remind his people that they have to have a time to rest and honor the Lord. And so that has just been something that and the moments where I've been resting in Jesus, it may seem unconventional, but it just bears a lot of fruit. And so I um, definitely have learned so much about resting and I'm not an expert by any means, but... I would say I'm so good at sleeping, I could do it with my eyes closed. <laughs> That's a joke. No, not <laughs> a joke. Okay, that was really delayed laughing. But, I mean, in all seriousness, I wish I could get paid to sleep because it would be my dream job. Wow. Does anyone get that? <laughs> but, yes, in general, I would just say if I take the time to rest and just recharge – Trusting that then when I go to face the tasks that I need to do in the day, that God will ordain that time and just use it to honor him. Yeah, and like none of us as believers really have all the answers, right? But accountability is a huge thing and helping out one another, especially with what we know, uh, is a huge part of why community is so important and why uh having that community can really allow us to grow because I I keep saying this, but when you want to grow in your spiritual growth with the Lord and your just walk, it's very hard to do it alone. It's very hard to grow in your relationship with the Lord when you're not growing with others. So let's navigate the challenges and obstacles that come with the I I do have something to say. Um, I think we need to redefine success. Valid. Because we we often think of it as like working hard, like working all the time, making a lot of money. But really, we should redefine success to include a healthy balance between uh, professional achievements and personal well-being. And really, true success encompasses not just career accomplishments, but also a fulfilled life. Amen, church. <laughs> yeah. So you were just saying, uh, should we define success? Um, so you mentioned the definition. So how would that look then in your life in terms of like wanting to redefine success as you're in college and also in your future going to graduate and look for a job? Yeah. Um, uh, just taking like a mental rest day sometime during the week. 
but also like giving my time to God to glorify him. Um, but yeah. That's another thing. It's like people, there's this like stigma against mental health yeah. days for some reason, because like if you need a mental health day, it's, it's seen as like you're weak minded or yeah. you're just like not strong enough to get the job done. Whereas like, no, it's like we're, if we're, if we need a mental health day, it's a sign that we're overworking ourselves yeah. and that we're experiencing burnout and we're essentially just overloading ourselves against of what the Lord wants for us. Yeah, we definitely yeah. live in a society where burnout's kind of just becoming part of the yeah. typical like vernacular of the human condition. And we're told that the more we do or the more that we get, there, that our happiness will exponentially increase. But we see that that's not always the case. In fact, very seldom is that. Yeah. yeah. So if we look at the challenges and obstacles that come with a hurried world and a lifestyle, um, one of them is cultural norms and expectations. Uh, the prevailing culture norm often glorifies busyness, and it leads individuals to feel pressure to constantly prove their productivity. We feel this constant need to prove ourselves to one another, whether it's to ourselves, to our peers. Um, so I want to encourage you guys to challenge those cultural expectations and, re and, like you said, redefine success. Yeah, True success lies and upholding the call the Lord has for you while prioritizing your well-being and maintaining spiritual growth. Another obstacle and challenge would be the fear of missing out. Yeah. The fear of missing out on opportunities or falling behind, it just it drives individuals to overcommit and neglect the need for rest. You just like, oh, I'm behind on something. I got to I got to go 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 go. I got to I got to catch up. Like, rest isn't an option at this point. That is the opposite of the truth. Yeah. Prioritizing rest is not a missed opportunity, but it is a strategic investment in long-term well-being. Fear of missing out often leads to burnout, like I said, whereas intentional rest can enhance productivity and creativity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another challenge, workaholism and career pressure. Yeah. Workaholism. Yes. <laughs> um, the pressure to excel in careers and achieve professional goals can lead to a workaholic mindset where rest is perceived as a hindrance to your success. Yeah. It's important to set healthy boundaries. True success encompasses both career achievements and a balanced lifestyle between rest and work. You need time with the Lord. You need time for yourself. You need rest. Technological intrusion is a huge challenge that we face today. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The constant connectivity through smartphones and emails, it blurs the line between work and personal time. Yeah. It makes it challenging to fully disconnect. Disconnect to connect is what I've heard a few people say. So we need to establish boundaries with our phones. Let's designate let's designate time for work-related communication and prioritize time with our family and interrupted personal time, quiet time with the Lord. And for me, I've I've told Riley this multiple times. When I grow up and when I get married, work does not come with me into my home. Mm -hmm. Work does not walk through the work. It, my work is left at the door. And yeah, so another obstacle, let's look at this other obstacle, guilt and perceived expectations that the world gives us. We may feel guilty when taking time for rest, but that's what the enemy wants you to think. He wants you to think you, he wants you to feel guilty for taking time to rest. He, he puts this idea in your mind that like, oh, you're being lazy. You're, you're not. You're not going to get ahead if you're taking time to rest. We're, and it creates this fear um, that we perceive as lazy or unproductive. I've definitely experienced that. And so let's, let's rest in the biblical principles and teachings. Um, because resting is not a sign of laziness. 
whatever you do in like Colossians three twenty three tells us whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. This verse encourages believers to approach their work diligently, but with the understanding that their ultimate purpose is to serve the Lord. It reminds us that our labor, when done with a wholehearted uh, commitment, becomes an act of worship. And so by looking at it from this perspective, it encourages us as believers to excel in our work while maintaining a focus on our faith, our ultimate fostering of a sense of balance and purpose in both our professional and spiritual lives. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, good verse on that. Yeah, and so uh, an, uh, lack of time management. Poor time management can contribute to a cycle of perpetual busyness and leaving little room for intentional rest. It, it's like with us in college, you learn to be a huge com- uh, steward of time management. So you got to prioritize your tasks. Let's so when doing when trying to create good time management, identify tasks based on urgency and importance. Let's use the Eisenhower matrix. Uh, it it'll categor, it'll categorize tasks into four quadrants: urgent and important, uh, important but not urgent, urgent but not important, and neither urgent nor important. And this will help us in focusing on high-priority tasks and what actually needs to get done. Is it important, or can it be set to the side and worked on later? So, yeah. So let's look at some SMART goals that we can create. Um, SMART is an abbreviation, S-M-A-R-T. S stands for specific. Are your goals specific? M, measurable, A, achievable, and R, relevant, and T, time-bound. This will ensure that our goals are clear, attainable, and have a defined time frame. Uh, And this will help us to stay focused and motivated. And creating a daily schedule with time management is huge. So if you plan your day ahead by creating a schedule and allocate specific time blocks for different activities, including work, rest, and personal commitments, this can help you stick to your schedule as much as possible to maintain consistency. And like Wit was saying earlier, learn to say no. Don't overcommit ourselves. Let's evaluate our capacity realistically, and let's be willing to decline additional tasks or responsibilities that hinder our ability to maintain a healthy balance. Um... Another good time management skill is batch similar tasks together. Uh, when you group similar tasks together and tackle them in a designated time block, it, minim- it minimizes mental transitions and increases effic- inf- uh, efficiency. Um, another good time management skill is to establish hard boundaries. Boundaries are good in any aspect of your life, not just rest or um, wait, you were talking a little bit about that earlier. Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> I was just going to say, I think um, it's healthy to have like a, a balance between work and personal life, right? Um, something I try to do is I really try to take the, the Sabbath really seriously. Um, so um, like there's a whole day where I just I won't do any schoolwork. I won't really do anything that I normally do anything that, that I normally do throughout the week. Um, so I think taking that time to really um, taking that time to really rest, and then also throughout the week, if I'm really like burnt out or I've had a really long long week, I may not um, I may kind of establish that boundary of like, hey, um, I gotta rest tonight. Um, I'm not gonna go out and hang out with anyone, or um, I'm just gonna you know take tonight do do my quiet time. Um, so I think those are kind of just the ways that I try to set. Uh, set boundaries and kind of just being kind of in tune with you know how I felt like because week to week it can be different like I can have a really busy week one week not have a lot going on the next week so I think it it can kind of vary from week to week but um yeah yeah no and even like me as a y'all know me I'm an extrovert I love being around y'all I love being around people um I'm what I like to call an introverted extrovert and so as 
<laughs> JJ's giving me a phase. <laughs> um, but as much as I love being social, there are times that when my social battery does run out, it's a very like long lasting social battery, but when I'm burnt out, I am burnt out. And so there are times where I do need to set boundaries and be like, hey, I need to spend time by myself. And so if we set clear boundaries for work hours or per, um, social uh, social aspects of our lives, um, even especially if you work from home, uh, if you communicate these boundaries to colleagues and your family or friends, uh, it'll avoid necessary interruptions during designated rest times. Um, another skill would be to regularly review and adjust your schedules and your uh, tasks. Uh if you schedule regular reviews uh, of your daily, weekly, and monthly goals, uh, it'll help you evaluate what's working and what needs adjusting. Yes, definitely. I feel like things oftentimes auto-populate on that like mental checklist. And I know you guys like can't see our hands and everything, but guys, raise your hand if sometimes you just have like at the end of the day, you check off every single item that you need to do and you just feel like, okay, I've got everything done. I don't need to do anything tomorrow. Yep. No one's raising their hand because I swear every day there's always just this running checklist that goes over into the next day and things that you could always be doing. But Whit was kind of talking about this um, earlier when we were preparing. He said that rest is a gift from God. And just, you know, it's good that we can just rest in the promise knowing that it's okay not to complete every item on that mental checklist or the notes app that you have running. So Yeah, and being flexible and willing to adapt to those things uh, – are important and uh, you got to be able to change priorities at a split second. Yeah, I got a few things to add. Um, really, the de- Sabbath prepares for productivity. I know, like, there's a misconception that rest leads to laziness, which it doesn't. Um, but it's it, Sabbath is really a strategic day to re- to re-energize you for the rest of the week, and it gives you the ability to work diligently for the next six days. So, like, if you didn't take that day of rest, then you probably wouldn't be working as diligently for those next six days. Yes. Yes. Indeed. So, yeah, no, I I even, um, I talked about this with Riley one time. It was literally, like, as much as we're called to be a light to the world and as much as we're called to lead others, hold each other accountable and walk with the Lord and uh, be live our lives differently from how others in this world live as important as that is. And as like we are called to do that, it is exhausting and yeah. And as it's so exhausting that like, it's almost like crazy. It's like we're designed to rest or whatever. And so God literally, God created one day out of the week for us, he intended for us one day out of the week to rejuvenate, spend time with ourselves because spirit walking in spiritual growth is tiring and exhausting. Um, so we really do need that day to rejuvenate. That way we can prepare ourselves because um, as we're pouring into everyone else, it's important for us to pour into ourselves as well. And so by that by sabbathing it's allowing us to rejuvenate our souls and rejuvenate like our social batteries and whatnot and that allows us and prepares us for the next week to be continue to be that light for others where does that come from the lord yep um so another skill that we can talk about is utilizing our technology wisely um leverage let's leverage productivity tools and apps to help manage our time effectively because technology is not a bad thing it is a great tool but when used improperly it can be dangerous so let's use it properly calendar apps task management tools Mm -hmm. and reminders these can assist in staying organized yes um but trying to stay away from Instagram, TikTok, and all those things to, like, really, like, allow you to get your tasks done and not be lazy and 
stray away from those things. And you don't have to say 100% no to all of those because those can be a way to reach people, but it's when it becomes more of an obsession or yeah. something that you're doing all the time and it's making you lose sight of God or you're becoming um, someone that kind of is comparing yourself to people or thinking about those things that are kind of going down an unhealthy path. That's when you kind of need to find the balance. But I know sometimes people do fully cut it out, and that's an amazing thing and a great way for them to focus and spend time in the Lord. But I also, too, I have social media and everything still and try to use it as a way to share the gospel and just connect with people. And so it can be a beautiful tool as well. But again, finding that moderation and healthy balance because too much of anything is poison. Like, you know, it can even be, you know, fentanyl. That can be a healthy tool in surgery. But if you overdose or take it in the wrong context, then that's not a great thing. And so social media is nothing like drugs, but... <laughs> well, it can be if, if you use it improperly. Yeah, it does. Valid, it, it, like the way it works on your brain is it, it can become a drug. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some other skills that I have that we can incorporate into, like... Go ahead. I'm going to add what... What said about uh, setting boundaries, it's very easy for work to spill over into your personal life and into your home. And again, with setting boundaries, we need to draw a clear line of when work should not be involved in any situation. So like when you're with your family, work should not be in a conversation whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, So like setting boundaries will help create a distinct separation. and allow people to fully engage in both work and family life and personal life without either one interfering. I have a question. What do you guys do with homework? Because, you know, when you're an adult and you have work at, you know, the workplace, then it's a little, I don't say it's easier, but you're separating yourself then from the actual office or from the hospital or wherever you're working. But what do you guys do with homework now? Because, you know, we're called to take things home and, you know, continue to study. So it's a lot easier um, for me to do this at college than it is than it was in high school. Um, I don't work in my bedroom unless it's on this, but I don't work in my bedroom. I want my bedroom to be associated with rest. I want it to be associated with, I want my brain to see it as a place where I don't have to worry about work. I don't have to, I, I can just take intentional time to be with friends, my roommate, uh, call people I love and just like really spend that time for me. Um, but whereas if I am studying, I'm going out to a study room or somewhere else on campus. Yeah. I was like, I, I live in cafe, which has um, study rooms on each floor. So I use those to my full advantage whenever I need to do homework for like for calc. Um, but I, I don't do that stuff in my room like you do. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I won't do any homework in my, my room. I'll do it in, like, the living room or in the main area, but I yeah. tend to want to go to Wannick Science or uh, Cogden and do my homework there just because that's where places that I like to do it. And you also get time to just relax while you're doing homework as well with like, yeah. the views and stuff on campus. Yeah, change up the scenery. Wait, what about you? Um yeah, so I would say that I, I generally don't do any homework in my room either. Um, I try to I try to go to the library or just like anywhere else that's not my room because I, I try to I try to be intentional about um, a difference between uh, you know this is where I rest and you know this is where I you know spend time um, doing things I enjoy doing so like my room and then versus like studying should be done like other places I you know that's something I also do. Yeah. Um, there's also one other skill I have, which is cultivating a mindful approach. Um, so balancing work and rest requires a mindful approach to how time is allocated and how much energy you're spending on, like, work. It also involves being present in the moment. So if, like, you're being burnt out by work, you're not, like, you're there, but you're not there there, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like Um, you have that thousand-yard stare and, like, you see, um people at the dinner table just going like staring at you like are are you okay you're like yeah Yeah. i'm just i'm just tired yeah you need to be able to make like conscious decisions about priorities especially about work but also recognizing when adjustments are necessary so if work is becoming too much maybe dial back a little bit um get off of work early or something yeah and it's interesting it's like the more you burn yourself out the more your brain like uh, you're the more your brain is stressing 
you essentially dig yourself into this hole. Whereas like you burn yourself out more and more because yeah. you, and then by burning yourself out, you become more worried about work and getting stuff done on time. And your brain just keeps going through the cycle and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Whereas, um, whereas if you learn to take a step back, it, it everything becomes clear. That's why rest is so important. Um, have you ever, have you guys ever heard of the Pomodoro technique? Can't say. I have. No, I have okay. No. So essentially you break your work into intervals. Traditionally it's like 25 minutes is focused on work. And then following that 25 minutes of work, you take a five minute break. Um, and after you complete four cycles of that, your break gets longer. Um, and this technique has, studies have shown that this technique has helped maintain focus and it prevents burnout. Um, and so another skill would be to delegate your tasks. Recognize when tasks can be delegated to others. Like, do you need to be doing this or can this be done by somebody else? Um, and delegating not only lightens your workload, but it also empowers others to contribute to the team or community. Um, let's look at the cultural stigmas against rest. Uh, some cultures stigmatize rest, associating it with laziness rather than recognizing its significance for overall well-being. Rest is just as spiritual as work is. You can't have one without the other. The lack of one can create a spiritual imbalance, and the Lord commands us to do both. So true. They aren't mutually exclusive. So... Um, what are some of your guys' uh, personal stories? Uh, JJ, you, you were telling me earlier that you, you were telling me earlier about a story of uh, when uh, the world is telling you to do a ton of work, get your work done. And how did you, through your resilience with your faith, how did you overcome that obstacle and convince yourself to rest in those moments? It was very difficult, I will say. Um, because the human desire is always to like you want to do work you want to achieve success i guess just always remembering or not always remembering just um being able to take time for yourself after just long shifts i remember this summer i worked uh two days during the weekends an eight to four in the morning shift oh goodness and i would come back home maybe eat a little something and then just go to my room and crash and I wouldn't get up the next day until like 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Taking that time for me to rest after those long shifts were crucial because that's how I got through the day. And I knew I had family coming over the next day, so I would want to have enough energy for them just because having energy for your loved ones, for those you care about, is also just as important as having energy for what you love to do. Right. Yeah. And the role of community can be super important in uh, holding ourselves accountable. Um, like uh, the role of community in this is crucial uh, with uh, there's shared experiences and life is a journey and sharing, sharing that journey uh, and sharing our experiences in that journey uh, with others helps us realize that we're not alone in this. In community, we find understanding, empathy, and shared wisdom. There's also mutual support, whether it's a friend, family member, or a community. Having a support system provides encouragement during tough times. It's a reminder that we are not meant to carry out our burdens alone. Accountability. In community, we find accountability. It's not just about judgment. It's not, it's more, it's about helping each other to make sure we're on track and like make sure our eyes are on what's important. Having someone to share our goals and challenges with fosters growth, uh, fosters a, um, that sense of accountability. You can like, like we have that, um, we have that accountability group at Stephen's Bible study, um, where we're checking in each week with our goals in certain aspects of our lives. Like, what are you doing to make sure that you are achieving this? Um, in community, like, there's just collective strength in community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
the strength of a community, together we can just overcome challenges that might seem insurmountable on our own. And there's also that spiritual connection that comes from community. Uh, for us as believers, a spiritual community provides a sense of belonging and shared values. Um, it's a place for prayer, guidance, and collective worship that like strengthens our faith more and more. In addition to that, too, it's with community, we all have our unique gifts and talents yeah. that help to build a stronger bond within each other. So say, for example, Luke has a talent of music, and I may have a talent of um, speaking or public speaking. It can help us with the body of Christ because it can help to encourage one another and it can help to lead us closer to Christ. Or another example can be... Say, Wit's great with welcoming people into the church on a Sunday morning. Or say, Ryan is also good with that. And then you can help each other with those talents. And again, it can help to bring a smile to someone's face in the morning. You can use those gifts in order to help in the body of Christ, which is great. And one of the most important parts of the role of community is we get to celebrate our wins together community we celebrate victories whether it's big or small the reminder of our achievements don't become personal at that point yeah you get to see your brothers and sisters and you get to watch them grow and you get to be happy for them and like watch them achieve what they love and what's important um and you just get to contribute collectively and it, it doesn't be, it doesn't just become my success. It becomes my brothers and sisters success because they see what the Lord has done in my life and they've seen what I've been through and they see what we've been through as a collective and they get to watch as you grow and they get to celebrate those victories for you. It's, it's a community. It's not my victory. It's not me or my, it's, us at that point it's ours um so we looked at some biblical foundations um we want to ground ourselves in biblical principles of rest and diligence and we want to understand that our work when done with a wholehearted commitment it's an act of worship and we looked at the challenges and cultural stigmas. Uh, We want to acknowledge and overcome those challenges. We want to challenge the cultural stigmas that glorify busyness. And we want to embrace intentional breaks for reflection, spiritual growth, and relational connections. Um, And we also looked for practical tips for time management. We looked at prioritizing tasks, setting realistic goals, and create a daily schedule. Uh, so we want to learn to say, we also learn to say no. Delegate some tasks that other people could do. And we looked at regularly reviewing and adjusting our approach to time management. We also looked at the role of community in, in our walks as we learn to work and rest diligently in a world that hurries us. We looked at recognizing the importance of community and the support in that uh, through shared experiences, mental support, accountability, and overall the celebrated wins together and that create a collective strength that helps us navigate those challenges. Um, does anyone have any closing remarks? Yeah, I have one more thing to add um, on like another skill that we can use. Um, this might sound a little weird, but like recognizing the quote seasons of life Life can be characterized by different seasons, which are the time of, like, intense work and intense productivity, but then there are also the times of rest and rejuvenation. Recognizing and honoring these seasons is key to achieving a sustainable balance, and it's also about aligning one's energy with the flow of life and adapting to the demands of each season. Yeah, that's really good. Just some closing verses to think about, too. We're reminded to fix our hearts and our minds on Christ Jesus, and that's a reminder in Hebrews 3.1. But also, too, just 
that Jesus brings peace and stillness, and we're called to be still and know that he is God and he is Lord. And so some of my favorite verses that remind me of this are John 14, 27, and Jesus is reminding us, peace I leave with you and peace I give to you. And lastly, another verse on peace that I just want to meditate on daily and hopefully you guys will be able to think about too is Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yep. So, until next time on Believe and Bravely, where faith meets courage, and every step is a bold journey into the heart of God's promises. Keep believing bravely, friends.